hey, Cornerstone. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, I think to say that it has been a crazy week uh, just might be an understatement. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about, though, is how much I truly do miss all of you. I think uh, anytime I'm around this building in any kind of a way, and I don't see you, I'm just reminded just how much that I truly missed you. I think it was interesting for me. I was, I was kind of pondering this in my own life, and I'd been praying that God would take care of some of the busyness in our lives. And it's interesting how God, if he wants to, can not only take care of the busyness of our lives in Simi Valley, but boy, he can do it around the world if he wants to. But I think today what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to mix it up a little bit. Um, I've got a friend of mine here, Spencer McCush. He's the president of Eternity Bible College. And uh, we're going to spend some time just discussing uh, from God's word, just what's going on out there. Some of you might be watching together, FaceTime, Skype, Zoom. You're watching as families. Even some of you are alone. We're going to give you some time for some discussion. If you're alone, maybe just grab something to journal with a little bit. But the main thing is, is that we want to worship Jesus Christ together with you. And so if you have any questions online, there'll be pastors there. You can pose questions to them, uh, any prayer requests. But here's, let me just give you this thought that we're going to get after is this idea of hope. And a passage of scripture that I've been meditating on a lot has been 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10, where Paul just says this, we don't want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were utterly burdened beyond our strength and we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, and I love this part, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we've set our hope that he will deliver us again. That word hope is the word we have sometimes used, like I think in the terms of a wish. And it's based on the strength of, I think, the person's ability or inability or their desire to accomplish something. But hope in the Bible is something so different. It's a confidence in all that God has promised. It's a confidence that he can fulfill what he says he's going to do. And so that's really where we're going to focus today. We're going to focus on this kind of a hope. So if you join me in prayer, uh, and then I'm going to have uh, Billy lead us just in a time of worship uh, let's worship King Jesus together. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Uh, Father, you, uh, in spite of the reality of the heartache, the sickness, the difficulty that's being faced not only here, but Father, in terrible ways even around the world, we believe that you have done everything with purpose and with intent. You're not the author of evil but you're the God that loves to enter into even the heartache of people. And we believe you're entering into the heartache of people through your church. And so would you, Father, please not only show, up your church, show off your church around the world, but would you show off your church in and through both Cornerstone and all those churches in Simi Valley that love and worship and, and have allegiance to Jesus? And so would you be pleased <laughs> with this worship that we're about to have together online? Uh, God, would you be honored by it? Would the praise of the lips of your people uh, bring praise not only to you, but Father, would you encourage us in our hearts? In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. All right, amen. amen. <clears throat> well, hey, here's, here's again. Let me just kind of remind you. Paul in 2 Corinthians has told us something so fascinating, that he despaired. In other words, he came to the point where he realized his helplessness and once he realized his helplessness and he understood the power of God, something amazing entered in, which was hope. Now, here, here's what I've been doing this week, and this is what I'm looking forward to talking a little bit about with Spencer, is, is that 
all the different things I've been reading from psychologists are is that the main reason everybody senses this lack of, of hope within the world right now is because they, it all keeps pointing back, back to this. They feel powerless. Now, I, I think I totally understand when you have a world pandemic going on and you're trying to grapple with what do you do in the middle of all of it, the last thing that you're thinking about is, oh, I know the way to keep the world safe is to wash my hands while I sing happy birthday two times. Or spiritualize it and do the Lord's Prayer. Oh, yes, of course. We would always want to spiritualize it. But it's a global event. I mean, that's what's so crazy to me is that there's this side of it as a global event that we're not only worried, I think, about ourselves, but we're worried about grandma and grandpa. We're worried about our kiddos. We're worried about what in the world to do with our kids out of school. We're, we're trying to absorb our rapidly shrinking 401k. And in the middle of all 201k. Of the two, yeah, it's another <laughs> exactly. 101k here in a little bit. But I, I think it's like, I was thinking about this, Spencer. What's so fascinating is, is that it's no wonder, I think, people have gone out and tried to buy as much toilet paper as they can buy. Which, well, by the sure. way, if you want a fascinating article to read on toilet paper and why people are buying it, uh, it's, it's really interesting. I won't tell you where to go, but if you find it, it's a fascinating but why we're buying face masks and disinfectant and hand sanitizers, I think people want to feel like they're, they're doing something right now because they're feeling like it's so out of control. And maybe from your standpoint, how's, how's your family walking through just this fear? Well, family and like you said, it's, it's the feeling of hopelessness. But I would say like you just referenced is going, it's this idea of, of, of fear. I think mm-hmm. that idea of being um, out of control obviously, obviously leads us to a, a, a fear side of things. And I don't know how you guys are doing. I don't know how you, how you interacted with people. Um, just in the last 10 days, um, it's been fascinating to interact with people. Um, people want to talk. Um, <laughs> and if you have ears to hear, it's fascinating to just start listening to people. Away. Yeah, exactly. But, which this morning, just so you guys know, you guys are safe because... Uh, Man, social distancing is a, it's real. Uh, I forgot to put on deodorant today and uh, the only person being offended by that is me, I think. Um, I can kind of smell you. Yeah, kind of a little bit. But um, now this idea of fear though is crazy. And if you have ears to hear it, um, man, some people are really wrestling through, um, well, just in the last couple of days, fear of financial hardship, um, fear of, of physical health. Uh, failing, um, fear, fear of the healthcare system shutting down, uh, fear of uh, government overreach and kind of government control in our lives. Um, a friend of mine uh, had to lay off, unfortunately, a lot of his staff. And so it's a fear of failure and view, being viewed as a failure. Um, I just think, I think there's a lot of fear, which really, if you think about it, I mean, it kind of ties to what Chris was talking about last week. Totally. I don't know if you remember that or not. Are you paying attention? <laughs> it felt like about five weeks ago it's happened so much has happened between them. Yeah, but if you weren't paying attention last week or missed last week, uh, what Chris was talking about in Romans 7 was this idea of brokenness. Mm-hmm. And I think what all of us realize is that the brokenness that, um, that we'll probably so readily affirm, but we usually just think through that brokenness is an issue of like morality and going, no, 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 no guys, the world is so much it's, it's broken in ways that are way beyond morality. Like we're financially broken. We're physically broken. Our healthcare systems are broken. The government's broken. I mean, and I think what's happened in the last 10 days is we're starting to realize, oh man, it's scary because it's all broken. Yeah. I don't know your thoughts yeah, on that. Yeah, I, I just think it's come to a head. I think that's one of those things. It's already been broken. It's not as if it, we didn't think it was broken. I just think now it's been put on such display that we live in a world that on all levels and in all ways, as the Bible tells us over and over again, it's a broken world. Right. 
And right. so this is what we're going to do now. Now I'm going to kind of turn all you loose to do this. So if you're at home with your families, if you're, oh, you had a oh, yeah, thought. Yeah, be one, one thought on that Uh-oh. before, before we jump into this one. No, I know it's, it's one of those things of going, the reason it's scary, and this is where I, I just want to affirm all of you guys and, and affirm you because I know you're scared. Um, <laughs> but going, guys, it should be scary. That's right. Because this is not part of God's original intention. If you go back to the, like Genesis 1 and 2, God didn't create a world where there was going to be global pandemics. God didn't create a world where there was going to be government abuse. God didn't create a world where there was going to be death and suffering. That this is a result of sin. And so we weren't given, like humanity was not given the tool set, the skills to navigate these things. Right. And so if you guys are scared in this time, it's because it's because we, we, we don't have the tools to actually process this. And so, man, it's scary. But I think where we, need to, where we can go is actually we want to affirm the fear side and go, man, this is a scary time, but also go, but guys, that's why Jesus is such good news. And we'll get there in just a little yeah, bit. Doug, come on, but, slow but, down, my but going, We'll get there, but going, <laughs> guys, yeah, well, I just want to affirm and go, man, I, let's not make believe that this isn't scary. That's right. This is, this is fearful, it's a crisis. Yeah, but it's, the reason it's fearful is because we don't have the tools to deal with it because was, this stuff wasn't part of God's original design. Yeah. And so. I think, like, just for all of you, I mean, this is the big thing for, for me, for Spencer, our families, as we walk with our families, is that while this wasn't God's design, I, I don't want you to, again, miss what we talked about in 2 Corinthians 1. While we might feel powerless, when we start to get to that point, those of us who are followers of Jesus in enters this reality of hope. But here's what I want you to do as, as, a, as a group, as your family, if you're online with, with different people, or even if you're alone and you just want to be able to journal. I want you to ask this question and, and try to be honest. I think that's what's been so good about slowing down is we're having to be honest, honest with ourselves. What right now are you all fearing? And, and again, try to be honest with one another. What are the things that are causing you to be fearful. So I'm going to give you about five minutes. We're going to play some music in the background. If you want to send in any questions, there's pastors that are going to be able to answer those questions for you. But enjoy this next five minutes of discussion. All right, so here's, here's what I want to do now. First of all, I hope you had a good time. I was watching all some of the feedback that was coming back on just some of the fears that everyone is experiencing. And again, I think what, what Spencer did so well is he, he told us these things are a, a natural ramification of us living in a fallen world. But for Paul, again, back to 2 Corinthians 1, the big way in which that combating happened was he says in there of where we now are going to set our hope firmly, and that's in Jesus. That's, that's even what we've been doing in Romans 1 when he, when he gets in there and Paul just says, you want to know the answer to the gospel? Do you know what good news is? Good yeah. news is not a thing or a concept. Good news is the, is the person of Jesus. And, right. and I think this is really what I think for all of us, and I hope you're experiencing even as you have your discussions amongst one another, and this is where I want to turn the conversation is if this is really true, if this hope is that God has promised and it's his strength and it's his capacity, his faithfulness to fulfill his promises, what he's called us to be and to do and, and to understand, then I think then we have to answer this, maybe this question, and maybe, maybe I'll let you unpack it just a little right. bit, is, is then, then what are these promises, these places that Paul found hope in that well, Down throughout 2,000 like, years, right, we found hope in. and maybe, like, what is good news? <laughs> what is good news? Yeah, like, I don't okay. have to impact that one. Yeah, which bit. I know is crazy, but like, yeah, what is, what is the word good news? Like, what's, how do we translate that, right? Yeah, gospel. It's gospel. It's, you know, this, this <laughs> idea of good news, and it really is good news. But here's my concern of going, in a time like this, um, 
if all we've done is we've, um, maybe our understanding of, of sin or brokenness is just, um, it only extends to like the moral areas of our life. I mean, the, the, the moral area of my life and definitely the moral area of your life is, <laughs> is, is broken, right? Of going, totally. you know, hey, you guys getting to get to know him a little yeah, bit. You know me but, um, but going, though, certainly the moral areas of our life are broken and, and, we, and we know how to share good news there. But when we are confronted with the brokenness of, um, you know, financial hardship or the brokenness of, of a global pandemic or a, a brokenness of, of a misappropriation of like government or abuses of, of power. Um, yeah, what's good news when we're facing those things? Yeah. And I don't think we've done a real good job as a church. Uh, I know I haven't done a real good job of preparing my family or friends of mine to really think through, man, what is good news in the face of brokenness beyond moral brokenness. Yeah, I, th I think like it's interesting, like we've been, as we've been talking in the book of Romans, this idea of God writing the world. He is writing right, us so that exactly. we might stand rightly in front of him. There's a definite truth. And I feel like we've, we've had maybe a narrow understanding of what good news is, which again, it's absolutely good news that, right. that we stand rightly in front of this God. And so we've, we've helped people understand maybe how to stand rightly in front of God. But it seems like maybe just, if you can unpack this a little bit more, that the gospel is not less than that. Again, what I keep saying over and over as we teach Romans, but it's actually bigger than that. You maybe want to no, exactly. tee that one up a no, little bit? No, absolutely. I think, I think where we have to think through that is, is, um, is not actually starting in Romans, but going all the way back to Genesis and going, what was God's intention in the beginning for hmm. humanity, for his creation? And, and God created people to be image bearers. That's I mean, right. and most, most literally what that means is he wants people to reflect him, to yeah. make him known, put him on display to the world. And, and that's what God was about. And then you see later, like, that's why God created like nature too. Like the, the trees, the heavens, the stars, everything are, are reflecting God and they're putting God on display. Before it was broken. Before it was broken, that's right. right. That was, when it was in its right state. Right. And going, but then sin enters into the world and now all of a sudden that brokenness extends. We no longer have the capacity to put God on display. So then you think through that and you go, oh, so the brokenness of our, of our physical bodies. And, and man, that means I'm going to struggle to put God on display uh, physically because my health is broken. Um, man, now all of a sudden there's, there's financial hardship because of this brokenness. And, and so we're not able to put God on display as well because of the fact that we're, um, yeah, we, just, we need to understand what God's intention was all the way back in the beginning. But here's the thing that's crazy. Uh, do you remember when you taught through, I don't know if you remember what you teach. I actually pay attention. Um, so probably, I don't know, four or five months ago when we were kicking off Romans and you were talking through Romans 1 mm -hmm. and going, what is the, like, what does Paul say is the gospel in Romans 1? You, you remember yeah, that? Totally. He, it, I mean, I think that's what hit me is that, I, again, I think I've always thought gospel is how I get saved. Versus Paul's understanding of the gospel, which the gospel is Jesus and us now being brought about to that obedience of faith, being made able to look like Jesus, display him well, like this is the good news. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I no, don't know if that's what you're talking about. No, totally. But, but going, keep going in that, Rose, going, it's the gospel uh, that is manifest through Jesus so that, what, you remember? Oh, I, I'm excited to hear what you're about to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what he said, actually. I'm just making the... No, but going, guys, in Romans 1, that idea of going, the gospel is about Jesus. Yeah. And it's so that these things can, this brokenness of the world can be restored be so that we can put God on display, so that we can make God known. Yep. 
And guys, watch this. Like, if you think through this and go, and this is the whole biblical story, and you go, okay, right here is, is the moral aspect of the gospel. And how most I get of us, saved, yeah, how going, I stand rightly before God, which is absolutely true. Yeah, and going, this is, this is certainly part of the gospel story of going, man, you know what? If you're facing uh, moral brokenness, and you're feeling that immense sense of guilt um, about things you've done, or you're going to stand guilty and condemned before God, we know what good news is there. We go, oh yeah, Jesus took your sin upon you. But what about if people are over here asking a different question? Which I think they are right Yeah, now. all of a sudden What's they're asking questions about, you know, man, financial hardship. Oh, no. Uh, over here, you know, they're asking questions about health. And I could do a snake and, you know, the, whatever the sign is for the healthcare system. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But you go, what is good news here? And if we're not careful, what I think we start to do is we try to get people who are asking this question about healthcare or this question about finance, and we don't actually answer the question or give new, good news for where they are, but we try to get them to ask a different set of questions. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is inadvertently, we don't respond to the concern of people that we're interacting with, but we try to get them to ask the questions that we have answers for. Yes. Versus believing that in those questions they're asking, the Bible, which is the greatest thing ever and what God has created is for to know him, to love him, to follow him, to understand this world in which we live in, we can give answers to questions. Like we can give answers to questions about finances and family and healthcare and every facet of relationships that's going on in this world, even why the pandemic is happening. We have an answer for why a pandemic is happening within scripture. We have access to the answer. We have access. Yeah, yes. We, we got to get to those to answers. But man, it takes so much time because now all of a sudden <clears throat> I can't assume the questions that my, my neighbors are asking or my family members are asking. I actually have to take time to actually learn people. That's right. And then I actually, man, I just have to do more work because I, I, the answers are there and good news is available. We just can't assume that everyone is asking the same questions. Right. So here, here's what I want you to do uh, kind of in this time that we're going to give you now for this five-minute discussion. Again, if you're as a family, have a discussion as a family. If you're online, I know I've already heard word that some people are on Zoom and others FaceTime, some blue jeans, and that's great. I'm glad you're meeting this way, man. We're going to fight against any way pulling apart. We're going we're gonna to be together. Or even if you're alone and you're journaling, I want you to ask this question, what are people asking and, and what are they asking to which we can give them good news? Uh, like Spencer's brought out some of them, it's, there's a financial reality, a health reality. But in this next five minutes or so together, or even if you wanna write to the pastors and ask questions at this particular time, you totally can. What is the good news or what are the questions that people are asking that we can bring good news to bear? All right, I hope you had some good discussion. I know uh, Spencer pointed out there's some really powerful questions that are well, coming across Powerful there. questions and a little bit of mockery. I mean, it's like, yeah, hey, I, Linus has his blanket. I have a whiteboard. It's yeah. a place of comfort for me. It's my happy yeah. place. We're gonna, and just so you know, like there are some, there's some big questions there that are gonna be kind of hard to answer in this time slot that we have, but hopefully one of the pastors will be able to fire back a good answer to some of, the, some of those questions that, that you might have. But here, here's where I wanna get us going right now. Back in, back in Romans 1, where we promised we were gonna come back to, the one thing that Paul talks about is this gospel. It's, the, it's concerning his son, which you brought right. up. And he said, this descendant of David. In other words, he's the Messiah, according to the flesh. And there's this other side of it. He was declared to be the son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead. Meaning, the greatest news I believe we can give people isn't like all these kind of 
supposed answers around here. The greatest answer I think we can give people is the answer of Jesus Christ. Because we've had the work, I have to work that out of my family. You have to work that out in your family. Like you, you'd mentioned earlier, you had some of the, some of the fears. Like how, okay, so yeah. how does good news speak into the problems or the, or the fears that you have inside of your family? No, 100%. If, if we do a good job of actually identifying like what the fears are that people are actually wrestling through it. Again, it's my happiest place. I mean, I, the whiteboard is there for a reason, right? Um, but I think you have to go back to this idea of the, the good news is in King Jesus, Amen. which is what Paul lays out in Romans 1. And you go, it's the good news that Jesus is king. I mean, it gets summed up in, in the end of uh, verse 4, right. where it says, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That summative mm -hmm. statement, that statement that kind of sums up verses uh, 2, 3, and 4 there. Right. And you go, okay, so, so when, uh, like you just asked about family stuff. So, so here's what's crazy, is in this week, um, in my house, uh, and with a simple phone call to my dad, here are the things <laughs> that get exposed, right? Of going, I have this huge fear of like the financial implications oh, of this right now. Of this going, is where I I'm am. looking ahead and going, oh, yeah. All kinds of words come yes. to mind, right? And um, good censorship, by the way. Yeah, I stopped you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, up. you know, baby Yoda there. Um, but here's the thing. Like, there's huge concern of like financial uh, implications for me. And then I talked to my wife and, she, and she's got huge fears around the physical health side of things. Um, and you go, okay, so what's good news for the person who's facing uh, financial fear or right, financial right. ruin? Yeah, so how are you, and you go, Yeah, so, so I have to be reminded of going, oh, that's right. If Jesus is king, he's the provider. That's right. I'm, I'm not the one I'm who's going to provide. I can't manufacture things. I can't make things happen. Jesus is the provider. Amen. And I need to remember that. Which is crazy how much the Bible speaks to that. 100%. I mean, the but Gospels, the Old Testament. Oh, I know, <laughs> right. but we have to be reminded. 100%. That's why we have to stay together as right. God's people. And so I need people uh, virtually most of the time yes, now, yes. but not necessarily. Practice safe distancing. But, but going, I need people to remind me that, that's right, Jesus is the provider. That's right. You I'm are not. not. Okay, you're not in control of this. Jesus is. Um, on the physical health side of things, if there's a huge fear of death, then you need to remember that Jesus, I mean, even in Romans yeah, 1 there. the resurrection. Jesus, yeah, through the resurrection, he demonstrates that he is the authority. He's the king over death. Yeah. That is good news for those even people. Even his entire ministry on earth, right? 100%. He showed authority over death and sickness. Yeah, you go. But for those who are afraid of death, and this is where I want to talk to you guys. If you are afraid of death, looking at King Jesus and remembering he demonstrates his absolute authority, not a little bit, his absolute authority over death through the resurrection Amen. is amazing news. That is such good news. You don't need to be afraid. <laughs> You know, but then you have someone else, like, like my daughter or my, my dad. This is one my, my dad made me laugh. <laughs> Does he, he know you're talking about him online? Absolutely not. That's all right. all right. There's nothing sacred in our home, right? Um, <laughs> my dad and my daughter, there's this fear of, like, government overreach. Like, the government's getting their hands in way too much of my business and just back off. And it's like, hey, just remember... That good news, if you're afraid of like government conspiracy theories or government overreach, just remember that Jesus is king and he's actually the authority over those governments. Right. I mean, Romans 
13 is clear on that one. Like Jesus is appointing these, Jesus is And that's is why we charge. can submit to him, right, even right going, now. Yeah, going, I don't need to submit to the government. I need to submit to Jesus and trust that he placed these government officials in yeah. place. You know, okay, I can be submissive there. But going, guys, it, um, or I have a, uh, one of my other kids, she's terrified of being alone and lonely and mm-hmm. isolated. Yeah, like this, and, and so like, this is like, that's my kid. this is like torturous <laughs> for her. But going, think about this for a second. What is good news for the lonely or for the isolated? Well, the New Testament, the new covenant reality of like the family of God. Now we may need to learn it differently. Yeah, an online reality. Yeah, I'm going, okay, so how do we do this in a way that is creative because we may not be able to give someone a hug right now, but going, man, what does it look like to bring good news to those people who are isolated? But man, I just think we are in such a unique time to go, man, let's, let's not assume that the questions people are asking are about moral brokenness, yes. but recognizing they're like in my home, man, learn what good news is in light of financial hardship. Um, you know, a friend of mine this week uh, had to lay off some of his employees and some of his staff. And, and just that reminder of going, hey, just remember, that's not who you are. You're not, you're not a business leader. You know, you are first and foremost um, you're an image bearer of God and you can put God on display through this hardship and it is hardship. Yeah. You know, there is despair there. And, um, but I think one of the great things, and I think just for us, as we kind of draw this to a close is, is that we believe deeply, both Spencer and I, and, and I, I know God does this, that we have the answers to this. We have access to the answers to what is going on in the world. We have the, we have the good news, the gospel that's out there. Sure. Do we have to deal with moral realities within us? A hundred percent. We need to be made righted. No doubt about that. But right. this is still true. Totally. But I think one of the things that <clears throat> I don't want to miss is that right now we have the answers. We have the good news that is out there that to be delivered on. Let me, let me, let me just shift it down a sure, little bit absolutely. kind of as we think through like, okay, so how do we land this? <clears throat> well, I think not only do we have to learn to speak or communicate online or over the top of our fences, but I think there's some other things. And, and if you get a chance to read an article, I put it online. You can go to my uh, Facebook page, my uh, Twitter, my Instagram. Like I've never said that in my life. In fact, I hate my online presence. <laughs> but Spencer told me today he's proud of me. So I'm excited about that. But yeah. a guy named Justin uh, Early wrote this uh, a blog uh, that's, that Christian Burkhart sent to me uh, from Gospel Coalition that just says nine ways to love your neighbor in this pandemic. And so it's not, I think, just going to be the, the words that we speak, but right. I think we're going to have an awesome opportunity in how we live our lives. Uh, he, he, he lays out so many good tidbits, and I think some of them that I took away from myself is I think we're, we're at an awesome opportunity to love well. I think mm-hmm. we're at an awesome opportunity right now to have honest conversations. That's People right. actually want to talk mm-hmm. right now. I, I think that From a distance. Yeah, from a distance. <laughs> but I think also in the midst of being honest in a crisis, we can do it with, with joy. Uh, I think we can realize that while everything seems a a little out of control, that constant reminder of God saying, fear not to us, just needs to get in there. I think there's this awesome opportunity to return to these rhythms that God has given us through prayer and being in his word and and fellowshipping online and being with our families. And so there's all these different things that are coming at us from obeying authorities to praying for the healthcare workers and the first responders. But I would say this, there's two big things that I would just love to finish with as we get done is that number one, I know everything within us is not going to want to, to, to let go of our money. But I know for me and my family, we've been trying to still support local businesses. 
But I would even say this, and again, it's not, it's not a, a shameless plug in the least. It's looking at you saying, I really do believe that right now things are going to get very difficult. And I am going to ask you all to give because in the midst of it being hard, I think we're just going to have to sacrifice. I think it's going to be a phenomenal opportunity for Cornerstone to take what we have and not only to love one another, because I think they will know we're Christians by how we love one another, but I think also how we now give. So don't get fearful. I would ask you, please give so that we might now be able to bless in incredible ways. And just the last thing when it comes to fear, there's all kinds of stuff online. Um, and in fact, my heart has been disheartened by the amount of pastors worrying us about end times things and about government apocalypses. Listen to me, if the end times is coming, and if there is a world apocalypse about ready to happen, you can't stop it from your house online anyways. Jesus said when he comes back and in the midst of all these things, he wants to, he wants to find us faithful. Man, cornerstone. What an incredible opportunity right now to be faithful. And so we're going we're gonna to finish singing a song. I'm going to have actually afterwards, Spencer, he's going to pray for us. If you have more questions, send them in. There's pastors there uh, ready to try to answer them. Yeah, seeing thought. some of the questions that are coming up. Um, guys, I appreciate the questions. I know there's guys who are trying to answer and, and work through things. It's tough in a, vi- a digital environment to do this. We're learning. Um, but man, keep those questions coming. We'll try to respond uh, next week. Yeah. Uh, I know we'll have some announcements about things in a little bit, but man, I'm excited about where we're going. Yeah. And so I'm going to finish and we're going to have uh, just Billy uh, lead us in a time of, of worship together. Oh, thanks so much for being with us. I, let me just say this, please. Um, we definitely want to listen to authorities and we want to practice safe distancing and we want to only, you know, leave when, when, it's, when it's necessary for things like that. But I really do think we need to fight to be the church and we need to fight to be together. This Amen. is of any time, this is the time to fight to be together. And you're going to be getting information from the church. We've been trying to put together just a way to make sure we communicate to you. Uh, so please be uh, watching, uh, whether you're getting onto one of our social media uh, sites or you're getting onto our website, be watching, listening, and responding to just what I believe God is calling us to do at this particular moment. We got some great questions in, uh, like questions, if God is in control, why would he let this, a, a bad thing happen? We're going to try to get again that out online so you can read answers to that. Uh, one person, Melissa, asked, as my friends are asking me, is this God's punishment again? We're going to try to answer those questions. But Cornerstone, you're prepared for this. Not because you and of yourselves are sufficient, but because you have the Holy Spirit within you. You're part of a local church. You have the word of God. You are prepared for what's about to come. And as just one who loves you, who's reminded you that he loves you, ah, this is our time. It's our time to step into this moment Amen. in the story of God and to be the people that God intends us to be. And so in the name of the Father who adores you, who loves you, who's loved you before the foundation of the world, in the name of the Son who loved you enough to come, to live, to die, and to rise again, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who's constantly pouring out his love within us, may each of you go this week and step into what it means to be the church. God bless you all. Truly do love you, miss you, and look forward to what God is going to do in and through not only Cornerstone, but his church around the world. God bless.